911 emergency. Can you get again. someone over here now to 325 Gretna Green? He's back. Please. Okay, what does he look like? He's O.J. Simpson. I think you know his record. Could you just send somebody okay. over here? Okay, what is he doing there? He just drove up again. <laughs> Okay, is he the sportscaster or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Wait a minute, we're telling the police. What is he doing? Is he threatening you? <laughs> going nuts. Okay, has he threatened you in any way or, or is he just harassing you? You're going to hear him in the middle. He's about to get him again. Okay, just stay on the line. I don't want to stay on the line. I'm going to beat the shit out of Wait a minute, wait. Just stay on the line so we can know what's going on until the police get there, okay? Okay, Nicole? Uh-huh. Just a moment. Does he have any weapons? I don't know. Okay. He went home and died back. Okay. Because they're sleeping and I don't want anything to happen. Okay. Has he hit you today or no? No. Okay, you don't need any paramedics or anything? Uh-uh. Okay. You just want him to he leave? My door. He broke the whole back door in. And then he left and he came back? And he came and he broke his last night after the door down, but he found it and then he... And I tried to get him out of the bedroom because the kids were sleeping in there. Mm -hmm. okay. And then he wanted somebody to kill number, and I gave him my phone book and was going to put my phone book down the right, mm -hmm. right down the phone number that he wanted, and mm -hmm. then he took my phone book with all my stuff in it. The dispatch. The dispatch. What? What does he say? Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Springhill Josh, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, the O.J. Simpson murders.
Josh is giving me that look. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you picked a good song. Was that in Brian? post? In post, yeah. That's uh, that's Brian Adams. Brian. Cut like a knife. Oh, <laughs> great stuff. Oh boy. Well chosen, Lawrence. Well, I could have gone with the number one song that uh, that year, that week actually. Or that week. Oh wow. I swear. By All for One. And did you know Ooh. that thing was like a hit for like weeks? It yeah. It's like number one for like a couple months. A lot of guys were swearing to their girlfriends. Yes. Which uh, like hey, OJ, OJ and that us. and that tape you just yeah. played, <laughs> yeah. Well, that tape there that was a nine one one call placed by Nicole Brown Simpson, who was Orenthal James OJ Simpson's ex wife uh, during a domestic dispute. Um, and holy cow, was it grizzly? But before we get too far into this episode, it's time to go into the time capsule. Now it's time for us to open up the time capsule. Ah, yes, 1994. Yeah! The music. The summer of my graduation. <laughs> the dances with Mary Jane. Mm. Which would come future? Not, it wasn't that my thing back then. Anyways, <laughs> of course, we always start out with the music on the time capsule. So here are some musical highlights. I'm so excited. January 25th, Alice in Chains releases their Jar of Flies album. Uh, February 1st, get this, Green Day releases Dookie. Oh wow, that's a very uh, influential album there. <laughs> yeah, very much. So. Also February 1st, Harry Styles is born. Of the oh, One Direction. Fuck world. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. Decent. I like but, that. But one that makes song. me feel old. <laughs> I like the one song he did off his album that was a single. I can't remember anything. <laughs> that about one it. song he did. This I don't remember. It's not crossing like my, February 11th. The three surviving members of the Beatles secretly reunite to begin recording additional music for a few of John Lennon's old unfinished demos. Interesting. Presented to Paul McCartney by Yoko Ono. Oh, okay. Uh, f- February 24th, uh, American rapper Earl Sweatshirt is born. I'm a fan of his, so I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Dinah Shore died. Uh, Who's age- that? Dinah Shore, she was a singer at the age of 77 and an actress. Oh, okay. She-, she was about 70 feet tall, kind of scaly. Oh, boy. <laughs> My dad joke fingers blistered from oh, last time. Oh, boy. So. March that's, that's 1st, good one. Nirvana plays their final concert in Munich. And Justin Bieber is born. So I wonder if there's some sort of crossover reason for the two to happen on the same day. March 3rd. Truly the day the music died. Yes. In Rome, Kurt, Nirvana's Kurt Cobain collapsed, lapses into a coma after overdosing on Rohypnol and champagne. In Rome. Sorry. Well, hey, he's the biggest Kurt Cobain fan on the planet. I, that's why I led off the sentence with in Rome. <laughs> March 7th, the United States Supreme Court decision Campbell versus Acufro's music. Basically, this is the fair uh, that if you parody a song, it's fair use and that was, I, I did not realize that was as recent as 1994 and that's thank you to 2 Live Crew for that. Mm. That's two times 2 Live Crew fought for our freedom of speech. Good job, boys. Uh, let's see here. Thank you for your service. March 18th, Courtney Love calls the police fearing that her husband, Kurt Cobain, is suicidal. They confiscate four guns and 25 boxes of ammo. March 28th, or March 30th, I'm sorry, Pink Floyd embarked on what would be their last world tour before their breakup. 
Oh, wow. Yep. On April 8th, the body of Kurt Cobain is found. <laughs> May 10th, Weezer introduces the world to their self-titled debut album, often referred to as The Blue Album. Still awesome. May 26th, Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley got married. A marriage meant to last. And this is this is one of my personal favorites because I remember laughing when I heard this. Lisa left I Lopez of TLC and her deuce, in, a, in a domestic dispute with football player Andre Rise and set his shoes on fire, accidentally burning down his entire mansion. I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh at that level of fuckery, but that is some, it's pretty good. Yeah, she said his shoes on fire in a bathtub. I just tried to set your shoes on fire. I didn't like your pumas. <laughs> He's like, oh god. But you burned the house. And she's like, don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, put the fire out. I know, right? <laughs> That's because she just decided to put them by the oven that was on next to the gas uh, that was spilled on the floor. And here this clusterfuck happened on a August 12th through 14th, Woodstock 94. Oh, boy. Mm, the birth of such great bands as Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Aerosmith, Bob Dylan, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Peter Gabriel, and Green Day. Shit, I'd pay to be there. August yeah, 30th, a, uh, Oasis releases their debut album. Definitely, maybe. October 11th. Sort of. Kind of. A new a new sound is, in, is, is introduced by Korn. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That was 94? <laughs> yes, I think it's called stroke music. <laughs> October 12th, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, Plant mm. No Quarter Unplugged, premieres on MTV. Phenomenal. That, that, well, that one had Gallo's poll on it. It was really good. So here we go. Uh, record of the year for that year was Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Of course. So the good. album was, of course, the uh, soundtrack to The Bodyguard. Hey, hey. Yeah. Do you know what kind of coordination is Whitney Houston's favorite? I don't know what. Hand eye coordination. (laughs) Oh, mom joke. We've got a mom joke. (laughs) Now I see why you two are married and happily. (laughs) And let's see, best new artist was Toni Braxton. That makes me feel old. She was the new artist in 1994. (laughs) My mom had that CD. I remember it. Best rap album was, of course, Dr. Dre. Let mm. me ride. Where did he get his best, license? Who? Dr. Dre. He's a, he's a he's MD. Dr. Dre MD. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Death <laughs> row. Get this. <laughs> best rock vocal performance. Meatloaf, I'd do anything for love. That's, but not that. Okay. <laughs> but not that. Which is um, the back door. That's what I think it was. Oh, man. Let's move on to movies here real quick. Uh, let's see. Forrest Gump won best film for drama. Of course. Lion King won for best musical. Oof. I love those movies. Uh, what else? Here we go. Here's some of the movies that came out in 94. Mm. And these, these are Larry favorites. Okay. That, or Larry didn't watch them, and I know you probably did. Cabin Boy. Uh-huh. Yes. Ace Ventura. Yes. Four Weddings and a Funeral. No. No. The Ref. No. No. Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chasers. No. no. The Crow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. The soundtrack was awesome. The Flintstones. So good. Yes. Not John good. Goodman. The often referred to City Slickers 2, Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> I think I skipped that one. Speed. Oh, yeah. Lion King. Movie. Forrest yes. Gump. Yes. True really. Lies. Love that movie. I love it. Airheads. An underrated comedy classic to me. Brendan Fraser, where are you? The Mask. That'd be two. G- Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey movies in the same year. Natural yeah. Born Killers. 
Oh, yeah. I know Ryan knows this one. Quiz show. Yes. Time Cop. Love that movie, too. Ed Wood. Jean-Claude Van Damme does the splits in a kitchen off the countertops. It's true. In Time Cop. I thought his balls were going to shoot right out of the bottom you of his You know, they were shooting shorts. that movie. He goes, hey, you know what I can do? And they were like, all right, we got to put that on film. Yeah. <laughs> now he just does the splits on everything. All right, everything. the bad guy Pulp, just chases yeah. you into a kitchen. Pulp Fiction. Oh, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Amazing. Mm. Interview with the Vampire. Love it. Some would say this is the best year of movies ever. The Santa Claus. I love okay, it. Well. I love no, I, I will go to bat for that movie. Really? I think it's fun. Star Trek really? Generations. It's really depressing though. <laughs> Junior. Oh, uh Schwarzenegger. I missed Dumb that. and Dumber. Make that three Jim Carrey movie. movies in one year. He was on fire. Legends of the Fall. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's John Candy point. died that year. Oh. As did Burt Lancaster. I thought you were about to say Burt Reynolds. I was like, what? Oh no, he's still alive. <laughs> Cost of living? 1994? Oh, don't. Gallon of milk, $2.88. Dozen eggs, 87 cents. Loaf of bread, $1.59. U.S. postage stamp, 29 cents. Ugh. Ugh. New car, about twelve, roughly $12,000. Gallon of gas, $1.11. Oh. Median household income of $51,000. New house, $130,000. Mm. Yeah. And uh, here, so, some uh, newsy type things that happened. January 1st, the NAFTA was established. In January 6th, Nancy Kerrigan popped. Tanya, Nancy Kerrigan was popped in the knee by Tanya Harding's ex-husband. Uh, it was her ex-husband's bodyguard. Ex-husband's or her bodyguard, her ex-husband's Something like friend. that, yeah. yeah. Re- uh, April 22nd, Richard Nixon died. Uh, May 10th, Nelson Mandela is inaugurated as South, America's, South Africa's first black president. And that same day, John Wayne Gacy was killed by lethal injection. And it was wow. a shitty injection, too. He died very painfully, which is well, good because he deserved I, okay, it. Okay, I was going to say good. Uh, let's see. Now, also, November 5th, Ronald Reagan announces via letter that he has Alzheimer's. Sad day. And November 28th, Jeffrey Dahmer's beaten to death by a fellow inmate at the prison where he was incarcerated. Holy fuck. Also well shit. deserved. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. I think that guy's name was Jesus. The. Inmate that did that. Yeah. For, the sins were forgiven. Jesus Guadalupe yeah. was his like name, that. actually. Yes. <laughs> DNA coding and the Segway were invented. Oh. August 16th, the first smartphone is, goes on sale. IBM's Simon. Huh. December 3rd, PlayStation, the first PlayStation, is released in Japan. Mm-hmm. And December 15th, Netscape. Or as I called it, Nutscrape, launches, launches the Netscape Navigator. <laughs> we had that growing up. It was the first one to have HTT, HTTP secure. Ah, sports fans. Super Bowl 28th. Dallas Cowboys <laughs> beat the Buffalo Bills 30 to 13th. I'm not a big football fan. I Sorry. Like football. Oh, you're fine. September 14th, a labor strike by Major League Baseball cancels the rest of the season. But Larry, what we, happened during the NBA? Do you know uh, about of that? Of course I do. I was watching it because it actually has happened during I the OJ yes. Chase actually interrupted the game. I was kind of pissed. Houston Rockets won four games over three, beating the Patrick Ewing led New York Knicks. And on November 5th, George Foreman at the age of 45 becomes the oldest heavyweight champion. And on June 11th, Hulk Hogan signs with WCW. That's a good idea, brother. That is your time capsule. Okay, that song sucks. <laughs> 
June 11th. That's that's pretty crazy. That's going to pick up right into our story. Now, we're doing a part one of two, actually, because today we're going to focus primarily on the murders, the subsequent chase and the trial, and probably end this episode with the verdict. Now, the next episode is going to be mostly focused on the after effects and subsequently what was newly released in this recent present day. Now, Larry painted a great picture of that past. You can kind of see the time. I mean, I I ain't going to lie to you. I miss those days. And a lot of those movies I love, and a lot of that music I still love. Oh, yeah. I had just graduated high school. Ooh. Actually, I still listen to... I just listened to the Jar of Flies record yesterday. I was six. So you, uh, so this is. I can of, actually remember this. Do you? Do you do? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Your perspective from being that young. So I have to ask. We need to pull the Bronco to the side of the road. Yes. <laughs> First and foremost, where were you when the Bronco chase happened? Well, like I said, I was uh, I was at a friend's house watching the NBA playoffs. That's true. Okay, so Larry was Larry was part of the group of people that was, was like, like, "What the fuck?" I know because <laughs> it was a really good it was a good series, and the Knicks won that game, and then Knicks did win that game. Yeah. So if you were a New York fan, you were like, "Motherfucker!" Yeah. You're like in your face, Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> what day did that fall on? Ooh, was we, it a, do we happen to know? Was it a Saturday? Um, what was the date? And we'll ask Siri here. Oh, Siri, we need you. What was it June eleventh? June, tw- uh, June. Actually, no. the The car chase happened on the seventeenth. So June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. What day of the week was that? Friday. It was Friday. Who needs Siri when we have April? <laughs> and that was in the evening too, was it not? Um, it would have been for us because it started. I know the car chase, it was sunny, it was out, sunny so outside, it but yeah, the NBA game was going on, so it was definitely past seven o'clock. Okay, because I'm I, I'm shaping it in my head, I remember seeing it, and that's quite a head shape you have there. 5 56 p.m. Five, really, police begin the pursuit. Yeah. Oh, is that California time? Yes, okay, it was so 5 51. Reported Simpson reportedly makes a 911 call, so it was almost from a cell o'clock. phone in his Ford Bronco. Yes, yep. I I remember exactly then what I was doing. Playing video okay. games. No. Then tell us. Oh. Were... Well, at that time, I would have been nine years What's old. What's this do? <laughs> you comedy clowns, you. Well, I would have been nine years old at this time. <laughs> and if it was a Friday night, then... More than likely, my mom was working at a hair salon at the time, and every Friday night she would get out, grab pizza, come home. Mm. We got TGIF, <laughs> yeah, and eat pizza. So that's what I would have been doing, and I'm almost positive we were probably watching like step Perfect by strangers. Step. Well, it, w- it was step by step and Family Matters, oh, and well. something else. That I, can't I thought remember. it was I thought it was Full House, Family Matters, step by step, and. Twinkle D and Dumb, or whatever it was. I don't know what the last one was. I feel like it was step-by-step step we were watching when it cut over to the police chase. So, yeah, that's. I, I just remember we were eating pizza and watching TGIF. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. I assumed Perfect Strangers was part of that TGIF lineup. I guess not. Do you have, judge by the looks I got? Now I don't remember it being on there. April is the it young, may have been the youngest member of our Motley crew. Do you have any memory of this at all, other than say the trial? Maybe I do. I remember the car chase because, like Josh said, it was sort of similar for us. We would that was Friday was like out to eat night, and we'd get mm-hmm. you know McDonald's and bring it home or whatever and watch TV. It was always TGIF. We would watch TGIF. And I remember seeing it, but not, I was like, what the fuck is this? Where's my TGIF? Like, I didn't care about a car chase. Where's my Urkel? Because kind of, I didn't, it didn't register with me. I was six. I didn't know, like, okay, there's a car. They're filming it. I'm confused. I'm going to go play with toys in my room. Like, are you guys going to keep watching this? Because, and that was it. So. Yeah. Now for me. I was actually, it was summer vacation, so I would have been with my grandparents at the time. Yeah, I remember little Ryan back then. (laughs) What was I like, Grandma? You were so spry and young. (laughs) Full of hopes and dreams. You loved butterscotch hard candies. Oh, I still do. I do, too. (laughs) Um, So, I remember specifically, we were driving down to Florida and I used, I used, in a white Bronco, <laughs> I used to go to I used to go to Florida with them because they would camp and there was like a big play area that kids and I, I had a bike. So I would just ride my bike around and just do 11 year old kid. Ryan God, stuff. I miss bike riding. So yeah, I do, too, sometimes. But anyway, at the time we had stopped because when we were driving down, we stopped to stay at a motel. And I remember specifically we were watching TV and I'm just sitting there watching a movie and all of a sudden it's just like white Bronco OJ Simpson. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I don't know why this is important. And then my grandpa actually at the time, it would have been my step grandpa chimed in and said, Oh, that's the guy from the naked gun movies. (sighs) That's the, one of the greatest NFL players of all time. I know. I know. The thing is, that's where that's where I also know OJ two is from the Naked Gun because that was his career ended before Nordberg. I was a kid, but that does not happen without him being an NFL star. Of course, of All, course. none of the, we wouldn't be talking about this if he never played football. True. So maybe that's how good of a like I I sent you guys those highlight clips just to yeah. just let you know like how great of a player he really was. Because when it comes to sports, we're all like, I know. So it's not like it's like, oh, the NFL player who's rode the bench for three years killed. No, this is like a Hall of Famer, like considered one of the top 100. (laughs) Be like Michael Jordan killing somebody. Exactly. Or actually more of a Scottie Pippen. Yeah, probably more like I actually remember that the day after it happened, I went to school and we had these things that we'd read every day. And it was part of the reading part of our class. And coincidentally, the next day. Because it was just, you know, page after page every day was about O.J. Simpson. Being Fuck, a, even Dr. Uh, Seuss is writing a book about it. Uh, it was about, well, it was obviously, it was the next day. It's the headline. I, it's I a, just killed my wife. But it, I killed her with a knife. <laughs> I don't uh, want no she, green eggs and ham. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hit you with this frying pan. <laughs> All right, we need a whole book of that. But yep. yeah, no, it was just about how he was such a great football player. So I just, I now that you had mentioned it, I just remembered that that which was is, the, the next day that happened to be what we read about. Which is made what made the Nordberg character funny is because you have one of the greatest athletes of all time, and he plays this bumbling 
Yeah. Joke One of, of my cop. favorite scenes in that all of that Naked Gun movie was oh, I love when those movies. Oh. They, he like one of them taps him and he at the time he's in a wheelchair and he's got crutches <laughs> and all stuff. Yes. And he just goes flip flying down the side of this like arena, like down the <laughs> down stairs. The steps. Yep. And you just watched like a dummy in a wheelchair just getting rocked around. And I just <laughs> I laughed so hard at that movie. And it, at him, he's got a genuine likability. That's the thing. He was an actor. Now, before I get too far into that, I want to break him down a bit. Now, his full name, Orenthal like James Simpson, <laughs> born July 9th, 1947, was nicknamed the Juice, the Juice, which is what I like to drink at every episode of Conspiracy Theory with gin. Mm. Where's my smoking juice? Uh, he was a former National Football League running back NFL. He was a broadcaster. An actor, an advertising spokesman, and paroled armed robber and kidnapper. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah, I think that was early, early, early in his life. That's a resume. He was a popular figure with the U.S. public. He is most well-known today, obviously, because of the trial mm-hmm. and his acquittal for the murders of his former wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Now, I was innocent. His number, 32. He was a running back. In... His time, his career, he was in the Buffalo Bills from 69 to 77 and the San Francisco 49ers from 78 to 79. He's a five-time Pro Bowl winner, five-time All-Pro, NFL Most Valuable Player of 1973, NFL Offensive Player of the Year 1973, Burt Bell Award 73, AP Athlete of the Year 1973. 73 was a big year for him. Four-time NFL rushing yards leader, two-time NFL rushing touchdowns leader. Now it's both 72, 73, 75, and 76. AFL All-Star, NFL's 1970s All-Decade Team, NFL 75th Anniversary All-Time Team, National Champion 1967, Heisman Trophy 68, Maxwell Award 68, Walter Camp Award 67, and two-time unanimous All-American 67-68. His total career NFL statistics were 11,236 rushing yards. Whoa! Um, yards per carry, 4.7, and rushing touchdowns, 61. Um, Simpson attended the University of Southern California, where he played football for the USC Trojans and won the Heisman Trophy in 68. He played professionally in the NFL for 11 seasons as a running back, running back, primarily with the Buffalo Bills from 69 to 77. He also played for the 49ers, as I said. He became the first NFL player to rush more than 2,000 yards in a season. That's insane. He holds the record for the single-season yards per game average, which stands at 143.1. He is the only player to ever rush for over 2,000 yards in the 14-game regular season NFL format. He's a baller. Shot caller. <laughs> He's a good baller. Um, So, he was raised in San Francisco, California to... It was the son of Eunice... Um, a hospital administrator and Jimmy Lee Simpson who was a chef and bank custodian. His father was a well-known drag queen in the San Francisco Bay Area. Later in life, Jimmy Simpson announced that he was gay and died of AIDS. True story. (laughs) That's horrible. I'm gay. Okay. I'm a drag queen. (laughs) Wow. I didn't see that coming. I researched this stuff (laughs) and I pull stuff up and I still find things that I'm like, huh. (laughs) Simpson's maternal grandparents were from Louisiana and his aunt gave him the name Orenthal, which she said was the name of a French actor that she liked. 
Simpson has one brother, Melvin Leon Truman Simpson, one living sister, Shirley Simpson Baker, and one deceased sister, Carmelita Simpson Dorio. As a child, Simpson developed Dorito? Simpson developed mm, rickets and wore Doritos? braces. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is it? Is there such a thing as caramel Doritos? It should be. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's a thing I need. What was, what was her name? Carmelito? Carmelita. Carmelita. It's kind of Carmelita Dorito. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> Somebody out there, make a mental note. Caramel Fritos and Caramel Doritos. Mm. That could be a million dollar idea. The yep. blazing ones suck. Yeah, but that's the thing. The guy that made the up. Do you guys hear about uh, side note? Yeah. Do you guys hear about the, do that fact, a lot. <laughs> the flaming hot sky? Was a janitor yeah. that worked for for Frito Lay? For yeah, Frito Lay. He just brought it up. He said, "You guys should do this." And then now he's like an executive president. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That good for no, him. That, that means they're, he they're a, making a movie about it. That means That's his, why I know about it. His awesome. boss is a good like like took the time to listen to the janitor and went, "Yeah, that's a good idea." He not uh, only cleans the shitter. But he knows he knows he knows, he knows, he knows his, his shit. shit. <laughs> he knows his shit. <laughs> well, that sounds um, good now, though. Thanks. So anyway, you like he, the flaming hot Cheetos? I do. Those are good. They're not bad. I, like I remember that, that, like my always, wife. They punish you afterwards. So yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a ring of fire. <laughs> There's a little bit of exiting stage left <laughs> that kind of starts to hurt, mm-hmm. but I'm crowning. Oh, it feels fine. I like it. <sighs> the sweat it works. The poop sweats. <laughs> so, so <laughs> do you guys want to hear a little bit about his acting career? Of course. Okay, so before his retirement from the NFL, Simpson embarked on a film career with parts in films such as the television miniseries Roots, which is a big deal. Yep. Yeah. Was- um, the dramatic motion pictures, The Klansman in 1974. <laughs> He's playing all those uh, <laughs> racially charged movies there. <laughs> the Towering Inferno, which is a good movie. The Cassandra Crossing and Capricorn One. In 1979, he started his own film film production company, really? Orenthal Productions, which dealt mostly in made-for-TV fare, such as the fam- family-oriented Goldie and the Boxer films with with um, Melissa Michelson and Cocaine and Blue Eyes. The pilot for a proposed detective series, series on NBC he also produced. He also starred in the com- comedic Back to the Beach and the Naked Gun trilogy. Yes. 88, 91, and 94, which would have been 33 and the third, which, which came out brought up. a couple months before he uh, yeah. allegedly killed a couple people. Yeah. I heard his studio really beat the competition. Right. Um... <laughs> Besides his acting career, Simpson worked as a commentator for Monday Night Football yeah. and the NFL on NBC. He also appeared in the audience on, of Saturday Night Live during its second season and hosted an episode during its third. Oh, yeah, he killed it. That's the thing is, is what makes it all the more infuriating is he had life by the balls. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, he was an actor. And he was he had super likable. In the football season, he had a weekly gig. You'd see him every week mm-hmm. on the sidelines. Uh, whatever. I know. He had I a know. beautiful wife and a gorgeous wife. No, he, his, he, I'm, I'm saying during the time that he met Nicole Brown Simpson, he was actually married. And according, he married young, too. According to the Lost Confession tapes, he mentions that they had talked about splitting up the night before when he met he split her head from her body (laughs) (laughs) I think think what he was doing was was trying to paint a picture of himself as 
somewhat, you know, on the outs with his wife. So it was Whatever. okay that he met this beautiful 18-year-old blonde <laughs> bombshell right. the next day. Anyway, um, there's a lot more to say about his acting career and even future things that will go on after the trial. But I really want to um, stop there and actually start to really delve into this. Now, on June 12th, 1994... There's a breakdown of the crime scene and what happened. On June 12th, 1994, at 6.30 p.m., Nicole and family go to Mezzaluna, mm-hmm. which is a restaurant, Ooh, after like her daughter's movie. recital, which is a place where her friend, quotation marks, maybe not, maybe more, maybe less, who knows? We can't confirm nor deny, because really there's nobody alive left to tell. <laughs> yeah, maybe she hated him. <laughs> um it was a place that he worked, Ronald Goldman. Now, they go to there to eat, hang out. At 9.15 p.m., Nicole's sister calls Mezzaluna to say her mother left her glasses, and Ronald Goldman picks up the glasses for them. That's my mom's move, too. <laughs> From 9 to 9.30, now keep in mind, they made the call at 9.15. Mm-hmm. They were there at 6.30. Hold on. <laughs> I'm allergic to crime scene events um, from 9 to 9.30 OJ Simpson and his friend Rumi guest house resident Brian Cato Kalen go to McDonald's yes. for dinner. Cato Kalen mm, McDonald's. I wonder what they get there nice Big Mac at, at 9.45 Cato and OJ return from oh. their 30 minute Big Mac eating competition at 9.48 to 9.50, Goldman leaves Mezzaluna with a white envelope containing Nicole Brown Simpson's mother's glasses. At 9... Or, not, sorry. At 10.15 p.m., Nicole's neighbor hears a dog barking and crying. Now, the prosecution believed that the dog that was barking was Nicole's. Which, if that's the case, if that's her dog, that dog is a real lassie. <laughs> Well, I'm saying if that's when the murders take place, it was trying to alert people, right? Which was like the one creature that was doing the right thing at the time. At 10:25, Alan Park, a limo driver, arrives at OJ's home to take him to Chicago. He was scheduled to leave on a red eye at 11:45 p.m. At 10:40, Brian Cato Kalen heard three loud thumps on the outside wall of the guest house. From 10.40 to 10.55, Alan Park buzzes OJ's intercom continuously to no answer. (laughs) I thought thought for some reason it was going to be a dildo vibrator noise, and I was just like, he's going to do it. I know he is. But you did it. You found the buzzer. Where's OJ, man? I'm sitting here, just sitting in the driveway. So, anyway. Why isn't he answering? (laughs) (laughs) I just gotta buy some time. Let me just put these anal beads up here. All right. Just before 11 p.m., (laughs) he sees a shadowy figure looking six feet tall, around 200 pounds. Walking across a driveway. He's a big boy. I'm six feet. Foot one, a hundred and ninety-five pounds. So this is O.J. Simpson muscles. Yeah, no, no, you're, 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 you leave me alone, goddammit! Oh. I'm the host of a conspiracy <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Not you have, enough look, you player. have a podcasting body and a football player's body. There's a difference. <laughs> it's not good or bad. It's just different. Okay, I have the body of a podcaster. 
Gosh, I have diabetes. Suck my podcast dick. Where, where's the pie? I need your extra whipped cream on that there. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now I got tingling in my feet. <laughs> that's true. We always sit on our asses, that's for sure. So anyway. I my left ball went numb. <laughs> at 11 o'clock, Alan buzzes and OJ answers. Hello. He says he overslept. Damn McNuggets. At 11.45. I went into a nugget coma. (laughs) At 11.45, OJ departs on his American Airlines flight to Chicago. And subsequently at 12.10 a.m., which is just after midnight, the bodies of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman are found stabbed to death. And you know what alerted them? Nicole Brown Simpson's dog. Talk about a good dog, like I'm saying. So far, that's the only creature that deserves a pat on its behind. Right. Mm -hmm. And a treat. That's right. Someone scratch his snoot. Now, what evidence was found at the scene, other than the fact that these people were cut up like Swiss cheese? I mean, I... You know, we we mentioned it during the John Bonet Ramsey episode. Let me just reiterate this. You don't need to see the crime scene photos. You're going to look at them. I know one of you. There's, a, already, there's a already, lot of you. Hey, I grew up in a trailer park with a mama read, read National Enquirer. I've seen every angle and photo you could possibly That's, see. There's probably some truth to that. Um, So, there was a bloody glove, a knitted hat, and a bloody footprint on top of the bodies that were there. And probably well, he stepped on them? No, I'm saying no. the well, bloody, the bloody, the the bloody footprint <laughs> was like a shoe print. Now, to this day, they've never found the shoe, but still, there's a big shoe print there. It was big. Big man, six foot tall, 200 pounds. Huge dick. Smelled the McDonald's. Yep, there was a That's dick, how that works, right? Dick trail in the. <laughs> there's a dick trail. Oh, yeah. So I'm it was, two what? shoe prints and a, uh, and a tusk mark. Uh, or, wait. Looks an, like elephant, you... an elephant snoz was dragged away. It's like you dragged a hose behind him. I don't know. <laughs> Why is there a mushroom stamp on Nicole's forehead? A bloody. There's just a, an elephant tail running yeah. through the middle of the crime scene. Was he, was he dragging a boat rope? What was going on here? Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Okay, so 5 a.m., detectives arrive at OJ's house to question him, but lo and behold, he's in fucking the Windy City. Good alibi. Mm-hmm. Of course. And the next morning, Detective Ron Phillips calls to tell OJ his ex wife is dead. Hey, this is OJ. Hello. What do you mean my wife's dead? No. You found her? I mean... Would you guys like to hear what his response was? First response when they tell him his wife's dead. That's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Did she find her mother's glasses? By the way, I'm missing a glove and a shoe. <laughs> and also, completely unrelated. How do you get blood stains off your dick? <laughs> You know what? As funny as the dick blood trail is, we're giving this man too many props for what he might have done. Anyway, April, do you have a guess for what you think he might have said when he answered the phone and found out his wife was de- ex-wife was dead? 
I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, if we I got did it. <laughs> no, no. His his first response was, "Who killed her?" Now, why do you was think- me? <laughs> why that's insane is that. He didn't say anybody killed her. He just said she's your dead. wife's dead. Like it could have been an overdose, a car accident, a car or- accident. Traffic in L.A. sucks, right? Okay? Uh-huh. Smog kills too, and so does hairspray. But anyway, um, no, that aqua now. Okay, yeah, oh, that's Josh is looking at the crime scene pictures. They're brutal, aren't they? Holy shit! Yeah, it's bloody, man. Like, even the day after when the cops get there, they're like, oh boy. Jesus. Ooh, that smell. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I smell are pennies. Yeah. Yeah. So, is it time for us to talk Bronco Chase? It's always. Well, like, you haven't even, like, discussed how bad he, the, whoever killed her. Well, there were twenty six stab wounds. There were hand. There were hand. There, you could tell on the hands they were trying to block them. Mm-hmm. Um, there was physically. Now, Ron Ron Goldman supposedly knew how to. It was a black belt in karate. So, according to the according to the defense, I mean, uh oh, he's a ninja. But then when you're facing a 200-pound football player... <laughs> yeah, weight classes are there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an issue, and uh, when he's got a knife... But like, yeah, like, you could see bone. Oh, yeah. So deep, like, he's got stabs in his neck. You can see the... He can actually see the bones in his neck. There's yeah. parts... Yeah, this is part of why... I, Again, don't look at the pictures. Yeah, yeah. these are stupid graphics. Their head's almost... Yeah, yeah, it was almost. (laughs) (laughs) When you did that, I literally saw a woman's head just shoot to the (laughs) seat. Oh, Larry, always the beacon of sensitivity on the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast. Jesus, OJ, you were really mad. Sorry. I didn't know all heads popped off and hit the ceiling like a champagne cork. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's not Nicole. That's uh Ronald. No, that's not even Ronald. That's the pop from uh what's her what's her nuts that we talked about five episodes ago? John Bonet. John Bonet. Oh man. The yeah. pop heard around the Don't world. Don't even look Whoa. at that. Don't look at either of them, but you're going to. You're you, going to you, you want assholes. to. <laughs> you have the internet and you've got free time. <sighs> so anyway, <laughs> anyway, so the Bronco chase. Yeah, let's get into the Bronco chase a little bit. No, Al Collins was his friend. Boy, you are really killing it with a soundboard. And this guy was like, "Hey, man!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's hard. It's really hard to read this information. Uh, oh, sorry, Goldman family. Oh, we're horrible. We're horrible. We 
<laughs> okay, so look, here's the deal. But really, wear a condom, guys. The guy, uh, OJ wrote. I mean, a, it's good advice. It just. Okay. Don't. He, yeah, wear a condom. He came back to LA under the assumption that he was going to have to meet. Oh, they're going to give me an award. Well, they want to. Detectives want to question him. Yeah. Because he's the prime suspect in a double murder. I don't know why. So. Instead of going to the police station like he had agreed to, his him and his buddy decided to get in a white Bronco. His friend Al Collings was the driver. OJ was the passenger. Mm-hmm. He got in the vehicle with a fake mustache and goatee, <laughs> a passport. <laughs> they won't recognize me. I look like Harpo Marx. $10,000, $10, a gun. <laughs> And some clothes. None of this is suspicious. Yeah, right. And on the way, his friend Robert Kardashian of the Kardashians, Mm -hmm. Kim, Chloe, famous lawyer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the best. It was his best buddy. Decided to go on the press and read a suicide note, which we'll read during the break. But that is so crazy. I forgot. I had forgotten about that. Then you sent that clip and I'm like, I remember, like, it all of a sudden just came right back to my memory. Now, I want to paint a picture for you. At the time, this was this was raw. This was new. And it was a big deal because, like we said, we were all, all privy to it. It came on TV, and I didn't know what was going on. This thing didn't even... It wasn't going was, fast at all. It was going 35 miles an hour down the <laughs> fucking highway. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got 20 police cars following behind... 20 and they're not doing anything because they called on their phone and told the detective the head the sheriff hey oj's got a gun and he's gonna shoot himself he's suicidal we're not stopping i'm gonna pull the trigger at the time when he's wrong trigger (laughs) at the time when he first got in he wanted to go to Nicole's house. That was the first place he said during his lost confession. I'm looking for a glove. That he wanted to go. <laughs> then he wanted to go to his mom's. Then they went on the highway and he ended up, well, you'll see. But crazy, for yeah. hours they followed this man. Look, <laughs> yeah. not to get racial here, but he's probably the only black guy who could have gotten away with it. Without, I mean, I understand that. You know what I mean? Like anybody else goes on a chase. If it would have been, I I guess I could have seen Will Smith do that. Yeah. Let's just say, I would say even you or I wouldn't have been able to go on for hours like that. No, no. That have been over a lot quicker. I think there was a lot of eyes and with the, with the helicopter in the air, and everything going on now. I think you had Al Michaels calling it too, by the way. Yes. Like a sporting event. They're still <laughs> going 35. I see him from up here in the helicopter. Now, some key things to this, and I don't want to get too much into pop culture, and I won't, but there are some things that link to that. But at the time, it was such a big deal. That fans of OJ were actually lining the mm-hmm. streets with signs that said "Run, Juice, Run." Dude, they put him on the bridge overpasses. Yeah, giant like, and they were sheets. cheering him on. These weren't people saying "Stop." These were people yeah. like "Go, go, 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 Run, Juice, you. Run." Yeah, they loved him. They loved him. But you got also inevitable- remember this was what the same. I think wasn't it the same year like the civils 
either the civil suit or the criminal suit. No, it was the civil suit for the beating that Rodney King got was settled. He got yeah. he got a few million dollars. So, but what that's like still on everybody's mind in yeah, L.A. Two years prior to that, were the L.A. Riots. where they just beat the shit out of a black guy unarmed all on the, video all the, all and everybody were, gets away with it. Yep, all the cops are acquitted. So, of course, they're cheering for O.J. Yeah, of course. And it and this that's what it leads to. And then there's that great you said mentioned that six hour. ESPN documentary that oh. just really goes into the racial doc. relations yeah. in LA at the time. And that is a key factor to our two parter. I, you have to, you can't ignore it. Nope. It is, it is, it's right there. Like I said, there were people lining the streets, cheering him on. And at the time, OJ, yeah, he was suicidal. And we're going to, like I, I said, during the break, we're going to read the note or you're going to hear the clip of Robert Kardashian reading the note. But I want to say a couple of things before we take this break. What ended up causing OJ to pull, tell his friend to pull his car into his home to stop this driving around and in, in, in craziness was that he heard Dan Rather talking about the case and saying that he was an accused murderer of his wife and his and her friend, mm-hmm. Ronald Goldman. What happened was, is when he heard that there was a moment of pride, like, no. I have this image. I'm this respected black gentleman. I'm not going to be tarnished like this. Mm-hmm. And that was what inspired him to say, fuck that. I'm getting out of this car and I'm going, I'm going to be a free man. That's what stopped him. Cause if you, if you watch that, like you're saying the ESPN documentary, they could really go in how important the image was to him. Yes. Yes. It, it is crazy very... how important to be accepted by the white community, especially for him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. And then, you know, to be com- completely honest, I, I understand that at the time. Totally. I mean, now it's, I think, I think now it's in some ways it's, it's reversed that like where there's more, maybe there might be more, and I don't mean to say this in any racially way motivated, but maybe there's more white people that tend to want to be like black stereotypes or heroes. Um, it doesn't mean anything other than just fucking be yourself. That's mm-hmm. really what it means at the end of the day. Don't, don't cut people's heads off. Exactly. Don't cut people's heads off. Don't don't cause people to have to defend themselves with their hands. There's something about getting stabbed in the hand that just seems fucking... That happened to Chris Cornell. I was just listening to an interview with him. Today. Really? Well, he's dead, but it was obviously an old interview. But yeah, his first girlfriend <laughs> stabbed him at the age of 16. Wow. Uh, you, gotta, you got pipes like that. I gotta imagine you attract mm-hmm. some crazy pussy. He's like, I can put a. He's like, look, I can put a spoon through this man. <laughs> man? <laughs> All right. All right. So back that, to the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Bronco went flip flopping all over the town and everybody was like, run, Juice, run. We love you. And the cops were like, oh, fuck. God, I guess I could use the overtime. I got to buy my. Uh, well, the very I got to gr- buy my girlfriend and my wife new shoes. So whatever. <laughs> Maybe I can get an autograph from the Juice. Exactly. And a lot of cops would crazy? stop by there because, by the way, the juice w- had the good cops. friends with the cops. Oh, yeah, because he would give them coffee. They came over for like nine different domestic disputes that he had with his wife during their shitty marriage. Cappuccino officer? <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll sign your dick cast or one whatever cu- you got. One Cuba, too, sir. <laughs> oh, you thirsty? Lord. I've got some juice. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And he did definitely have some orange juice when he got home out of his Bronco, by the way. That's no lie. He hated orange juice. (laughs) 
can't stand the stuff. It's too bulby. Smacks the Tropicana out of some kid's hand. They named that after me, goddammit. <laughs> then Robert Loja walks in and raises hell for it. Probably. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. without further ado, here is the suicide note as read by Robert Kardashian, Kim Kardashian's father. This letter was written by OJ today. To whom it may concern. First, everyone understand I have nothing to do with Nicole's murder. Unlike what has been written in the press, Nicole and I had a great relationship for most of our lives together. Like all long-term relationships, we had a few downs and ups. I think of my life and feel I've done most of the right things. So why do I end up like this? I can't go on. No matter what the outcome, people will look and point. I can't take that. I can't subject my children to that. This way, they can move on and go on with their lives. Please, if I've done anything worthwhile in my life, let my kids live in peace from you, the press. I've had a good life. I'm proud of how I lived. My mama taught me to do unto others. I treated people the way I wanted to be treated. Don't feel sorry for me. I've had a great life, great friends. Please think of the real OJ and not this lost person. Thanks for making my life special. I hope I helped yours. Peace and love, OJ. Welcome back to the second segment of our first episode on the OJ Simpson murders. Ouch. That was a mosquito. <laughs> was that a was that a paper cut? Indeed. Um. So we talked a little bit about the crime scene. We talked a little bit about the chase. We talked about OJ's life. We set the stage for 1994. I'm gonna be lie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Uh oh. Realistically, the biggest part of this whole thing is this big goddamn Hollywood trial. Do you remember the dancing Edos? Yes! That was the Tonight Show bit. That, oh boy, yeah. Get, just, it just takes you right back! does. You got... Good boy, Lance, Judge Lance Edo. You got all these fancy fucking people. Didn't they invent like a whole courtroom TV or something just to cover this? Pretty much. This was the birth of courtroom TV. I mean, this 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 was such a big deal. DMV TV there, coming soon. There was be the most boring. <laughs> kidding. Serving number sixty three. This was a time in the in in the world of where at the time. I mean, yeah, it was on every channel. You're watching the chase, and everybody's wondering why it's such a big deal. And then in L.A. It's everywhere. The people that were involved 
the crime scene, Grizzly, the, 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 the fact, it just seemed like an open and shut case. In fact, that's what Marsha Clark said when she took the case as the, part of the DA office. She was like, I've never had this much evidence in a trial ever. Like she thought it was a win win. Oh boy. So as we slowly get into this trial, the first thing I want to say is that you can't imagine that OJ Simpson is just going to go with like some Renacop or Renacop lawyer type, like low budget anything. No, what you're going to get is Robert Shapiro, F. Lee Bailey. F. U. Bailey. Well, <laughs> or Flea, as he looked like on CNN. Flea? He looked like the bassist Flea? No, he didn't look oh. like that. I'm just, oh. he, you know, he kind of looked like an angry troll at the time. So, like Flea. No, Flea's like a troll his, in college. And his cousin, who's a guitarist, <laughs> B. And Johnny Cochran was the other one. He was the he was the also the Johnny Cochran. He was the African American lawyer who really um, did a lot kinda, for civil. Did a lot, yeah, for, for civil, civil rights, rights and all that. I mean, he was prolific. During He's a hired hand. I'm right. sorry, you can get mad at those lawyers, but that's their job. Yes. And they're good. And they're and very, they're the best they're, of the best. They're the best of the best. This trial, seeing him stand with OJ and in between his whole speech about the glove, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Good line. It was a great line. He made a logo. He made something that burned itself into grandma's head. If it was now, it'd be a meme. Exactly. <laughs> they invented memes before memes. Mm -hmm. And it was... The real deal. So if the condom don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you ain't pregnant. If the condom don't fit, you must acquit. Wait, that would probably mean you are pregnant. If the shirt don't fit, take a shit. <laughs> That's a lifeline for me. <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about this case. So, you've got Marsha Clark. You've got... The dream team on OJ Chris, side, Chris Darden, Christopher Darden. Yes, I'm sorry, I almost forgot. Who is a who is a who looked up to uh, Johnny Cochran? Indeed. Did you watch the People versus OJ, the American Crime Story? I apologize. No, I, watched, I watched the ESPN doc. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I, okay, that's it. <laughs> so anyway. Now, this trial was huge for one other big factor other than it being such a huge Hollywood profile issue. It was the first trial that used DNA evidence. And that's mm. true. Now, in the, I, as far as DNA is concerned with OJ, when they took the glove, they found DNA of Ronald Goldman, Nicole Brown Simpson, and OJ. When they took the hat, which was the other piece of evidence at the crime scene, they uh -oh. found OJ. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when they took the bloody sock from OJ's house, which they found after they searched, it matched that of the what have been fit in the shoe that would have left the bloody footprint and the blood that was there. Also, OJ. That is three specific DNA traces linking to OJ. Also, yes. wasn't there blood on the car? Uh, yes, on the Bronco. On there the was blood on the Bronco 
that OJ drove. So if somebody else did it, I'm just saying <laughs> they took the time to put, make sure that they put the blood on there without getting their own DNA on it. Right. Oh shit! I just killed a person. I better like gather some blood and <laughs> Febreze the rest off. Febreze, get your Febreze own. it <laughs> again. This is why Marsha Clark, when she heard this, she was like, uh, "Yeah, open oh, it shut." Slam dunk. I basically got the killer with the mm-hmm. knife in his hand and the blood of the victim on <laughs> them. No, you don't. if the glove don't fit you must have quit so anyway the jury now we'll talk about the jury for a second the jury was eight black people one white one hispanic or yeah one white one hispanic and two mix uh mixed raced how they got that is okay i mean that's why you pay the big bucks that also partially that was not the it's those weren't his peers supposedly should have been like donald trump and <laughs> rich? No, seriously, his peers would have been rich celebrities, it. right? Yeah, I mean, but you know, I think at the time they just wanted to get this thing going and get yeah. it done. Now, let's continue on a bit here. So, there were nine police visits for spousal abuse during their marriage. Okay, one of them was so severe that he actually did go to court and get in trouble for. Considering all the times that she was like, "No, it's okay. I which don't is, mind a black eye," or which is know. the uh, yeah, that's that. I don't know. It's the brainwashing mm-hmm. that is done on top of, of it. It's not just physical. Yeah, that happens when you're with somebody. The gaslighting that you love. and the yeah. Oh, this must have been my fault. Well, I saw I saw a picture of Nicole's sister testifying on 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 uh, on the stand. And she was just sobbing, talking Mm. about a time, and this is undocumented, where OJ took Nicole. (laughs) I know it is. It is very sad. OJ threw Nicole down on the ground in front of her house. Just probably because he was spiked her like a football. Oh, boy. Um, Can I get a popping noise? You need one? I just thought maybe. Uh, um. <laughs> okay. Oops, the head came off. <laughs> okay, so you've got that going. You've got this. You've got a lot of evidence. Now, do you guys want me to continue with the trial? Or do you want to sidestep with some some suspects that were on the side, which might actually be pretty fascinating to hear? Because I don't know if I, that many people know about these. Other <laughs> I didn't even know there were other suspects. <clears throat> there are actually, and it's and it is it is quite fascinating. Now, um, the first alternate sub suspect is Glenn Rogers, a con- convicted serial killer. He confessed on death row to the murders. Mm, really? Yes. His brother actually told them that his that he had conv- confessed to it. Now, in his statement, he said that the reason that he did the murders was because OJ paid it, paid him to do it. Now, if he would have paid him to do it, that kind of would have made OJ guilty as well. So it kind of mm-hmm. Kind of makes him a shithead anyways. Yeah, but all that blood. All that DNA. Serial killers love DNA and blood. <laughs> just like an elevator. Now, 
this second one, this is this second suspect is probably one of the most interesting. And it is worth checking out. I saw quite a few different um YouTube rabbit holes to fall down on this mm-hmm. one. And actually, when I wa- when I listened to and watched the the Lost Confession tape interview that just came out recently, mm-hmm. one of the top comments said, I still think it was Jason. And that is Jason Simpson, OJ's oldest older son. Like father, like son. He's a chip off the old block. Jason Simpson. Now, let's talk about Jason Simpson. Just like that. Keep going. Keep going. Right. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, son. <laughs> now, private investigator, famed private investigator, Bill Deere, who is actually oh, in the dear. police hall of fame, which they have. <laughs> There's a police hall. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Jason supposedly attacked two people with knives. And also... <laughs> While being, God, that sounds so juicy. <laughs> Is that a fat raw steak you're cutting? Did someone say juice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh snap! Oh, um, he had those two assaults with knives. Impersonated a doctor for two weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, and suffered- I'm gonna touch your testicles and you cough twice. And and suffered from a rage disorder. Wow! Yeah, that's a great band name. <laughs> rage disorder. Yes. I got a rage disorder. <laughs> Sorry, I got too into that. Josh got into it. All right, so <laughs> around the murder of the double, the around the double murder, mm-hmm. he actually stopped taking his meds, the rage meds that he took. Rage meds and his derageathol. Take it today. His his big alibi was that he was working at the restaurant that he worked at at the time. But this is the thing: his time card was handwritten on that day, Mm -hmm. but the electronic clock, which he clocked in and clocked out of, Mm -hmm. was fully functional. See, and that's the the one I had heard is that he went with OJ, like they did it together. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you, mom. Well, this is his first from his first wife, stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I mean it's very possible he was involved. And we should we should reiterate that this wasn't Jason's mom. This was his stepmom. Mm-hmm. And you bitch. At the time OJ was upset with Nicole because where she lived and where she was staying, she was having get-togethers according to OJ. She was having drug get-togethers, maybe orgies, maybe horrible satanic rituals. We don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that's what he said, but at the time, in the on, um, especially during the the interviews where OJ describes it, he says she was caught up in some bad shit. Now OJ was actually at the recital that night, mm-hmm. the one that his daughter was doing before they all left on June 12th to go out to dinner, some to McDonald's and the others to <laughs> uh, Mezzaluna. At the time, OJ, one of OJ's friends who was there, a doctor. Mentioned to him, oh, by the way, have you heard about all the stuff that that Nicole's gotten into? Now, this is on OJ's word. And here's the thing. OJ could just be one of the most insanely pathological, pathologically lying, manipulating type people. And there's a lot of them out there. And here's the thing. Charismatic actor types, Mm -hmm. they're really good 
at bull as at being bullshit artists. As a podcaster, I know that. As, <laughs> no, I can't lie myself on anything. I trip on every word I say. So, in my own mind, I take that all with a grain of salt. But it is interesting. Jason is very similar to his father. He has issues very deep. And even though, you know, Bill, Bill, the private investigator guy, Bill Deere, um, was renowned, a lot of people said, well, that's just, you know, circumstantial evidence, most of it. It, you know, there's really nothing hard that you can, you can pin it on him for. I will say, and we'll, we'll get to, as we got to cover the bad detectives Mm -hmm. here. I don't want to. Oh, there's, yeah. Um, I will say that during the verdict, which is going to be our last piece tonight before we close out, you can see Jason in the courtroom mm-hmm. and his face is fully covered and he is crying, sobbing. And it's definitely has an emotional reaction to him, which if you take into consideration, what if he and his dad did it or what if he did it, you know, and he's watching his dad on trial for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. So, there's that theory. I wanted to throw out the suspects. Now, let's get back to the trial. So, the trial's going on. It's going on, going on, going on, going on. People are probably losing their goddamn mind. Or their heads. Or their heads. We talked about DNA. Um... <laughs> The prosecution really focused on the 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 evidence. The, all the evidence. The defense just you know used used that the fa- the fact that they said that the the glove didn't fit, but most importantly, that the evidence was contaminated. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where we enter with Detective Mark Furman. Nibbly. He was the first detective on scene. He's the guy that found the bloody glove. What's scary about the bloody glove and Detective Mark Furman is that being that he was from the LAPD, he was a notorious racist who, in fact, they had an audio of him saying the N-word over 40 times. Good guy. All right. Note the sarcasm, people. So... That's, that was the tape. <laughs> Just said 40 of them right in a row. Even as a kid, I remember seeing the, that on screen. And I remember specifically being in school. And one of my teachers was like, that guy just lost us, lost this case. Mm-hmm. That guy. Like he was pointing at him. And I was like, because it wasn't what just did he, do? he lied about it. He did. He said, I've never said no, that. Yeah, I never said that. I, I never, never said it. Only 40 times. Negative. <laughs> Yeah, I I never said it t- past a minute ago. This, by the way, this is my personal chef, Paula Dean. <laughs> so, side note: Have you ever seen the video of her getting hit in the face with a ham? Because that's probably my favorite what? video on the, the whole internet. Yeah, I've never. I need to see this. Hold on. Okay, continue. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's really upsetting to know that you really, you know, given the amount of evidence that was there, I know he was the first guy on scene. 
I know he documented a lot of it, but that little. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. You made. I had to wake free- myself up. I understand. I'm not trying to be boring. No, I just. It's, no, I, we are recording this. Super it's, late. It is 10:30 at night on a work night. I am tired. I mean, that's just Somebody, the reality this of the video thing. of Paula Dean will wake you up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just so the audience knows. Oh, Larry, oh, right in the nose. I gotta rewind. <laughs> Larry's watching a video of Paula Dean get hit by ham to wake frozen up. ham. Oh, dude, that nails are right in the. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Wow, Larry, the cocaine smell. Yeah, Larry's been a male prostitute for far too long. So anyway, yep. Now, if you cut my dick off, you can count the rings and see how long I've been a prostitute. <laughs> I think that's how it works. <laughs> so, oh, Lord, Detective yep, Furman, twenty rings. Detective Furman and his evidence and his part of the this crime really. Put the seeds of doubt. And you're tired too. I am tired. I, truth corner. <laughs> truth corner. How much I, do we on a week to to night? I am in. I am. I am asleep right now. In a week night. <laughs> me too. I've got. Okay. I've yeah. got my bottle. My my lukewarm we, bottle. We, of Ryan beer, and I have our of beer. Have our daddy's <laughs> problems go bye bye juice. <laughs> We've my, actually been. My sports cool. This is yep. This is my like. <laughs> athletes use Gatorade to replenish uh, electrolytes. I use this to replenish self doubt. <laughs> this episode is going to be fun to hear. Oh, boy. what happened? Oh, they're I take- heard two people talking at once, and I yeah. they're couldn't hear anybody. Let's get some. Let's get some facts in our brains, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> It is almost time for us to play the verdict, but before we get there, I just want to say at the time in the world, things were fucked up during this case. Yeah, people were using Netscape as their browser. <laughs> I swear it was on the radio. Kurt Cobain was definitely was, dead. Yeah, Kurt Cobain was out of control and then killed himself. I don't care what Josh thinks. Marsha Clark thought he for sure himself. she had an open and shut case. And then she made that hair hair decision. <laughs> Halfway through the trial, she's like, I'm going to look like, I don't know what that, I'm going to look like pubes. That's what I'm going to look like. <laughs> it's called the pube look. It is. That's why she lost. She went from a bob to a pube. So given all that we've said, if you were a younger listener, I am so excited for you because we haven't talked about what the verdict was. So right now, it is time for us to play the tape of the verdict. Superior Court of California, County of Los Angeles. In the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA097211. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Nicole Brown Simpson, a human being, as charged in count one of the information. Superior Court of the State of California, County of Los Angeles, in the matter of the people of the State of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, we, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Ronald Lyle Goldman, a human being, as charged in count two of the information. 
We, the jury in the above entitled action, further find the special circumstance that the defendant, Orthal James Simpson, has in this case been convicted of at least one crime of murder of the first degree and one or more crimes of murder of the first or second degree to be not true. Signed this second day of October 1995, juror 230. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is this your verdict? So say you one, so say you all. Yeah. So there's, that's the verdict, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we do this last part, I want to say that in the crowd there, like I said before, Jason Simpson was there with his family. The Simpson family was there. But also, if you heard some sobbing, uh, that was the Goldman family who are losing their mind. As they should. No justice for their yeah. loved one. Yeah. And that's very sad. But what was even sadder, though, was the overall reaction that you saw from the public. Mm. And that's what we're about to listen to. We brought a TV to the Juice Club, where patrons began watching the verdict with a poker face, only to be shattered. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of a crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Nicole Brown Simpson. Granted, they were sequestered for a long time and they haven't been exposed to what we have, but God. So that you can afford a, afford a high, big shot lawyer and will have a lot of money for the case, you can get off with anything. You know what? Johnny Cochran will be a rich guy. He will make a fortune. He will get lots of clients now. And I hope that he can sleep at night because he got a, a double a double murderer off the case. He's going to go home and feel happy. And what about his kids? How can he even look at his kids? This afternoon, a residue of bitterness settled among the people here. A sense that justice is as much a casualty in this case as the victims themselves. I think it's absolutely appalling. It gives me no faith in the jury system whatsoever. The verdict may have resolved the question of one man's guilt or innocence. I think it's a disgrace. I'm shocked. Others watched in stunned disbelief and dismay. Oh, sick. Not guilty. Another one. Ah. Oh. You heard the verdict. Can we can we ask your reaction? <laughs> I just want to be alone. <laughs> the police also listened, and as they heard the verdict, tried their best to follow an order to not react. Inside the courtroom, the jurors were being polled. Juror number one. At the same time, the debate had just begun. I was absolutely disgusted, to be honest with you. I found it to be um, a, a shock. It left my jaw hanging on the ground, and I was in awe. I'm, I'm very upset about it. It makes me upset that I live in this city now. I mean, I was upset before with the riots and all that, but now this is like, I don't know what's going to happen. It's sending a message also to the black community that they can get away with stuff like this. I have a The emotional reaction inside the courtroom was matched in kind outside. Wherever Simpson supporters had gathered, there was jubilation of their skin. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of... They should have not messed with it. 
If there was two gloves in it, the Bundy crime scene, you should have left it there. Don't try to implicate somebody if they wasn't there. for as many years as this crime would have warranted, uh, you, you have to be sure about it. And uh, it just wasn't there. Like I didn't think it was there. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Now, for me, I wanted him to be innocent. I did too. But as, as, as everything came out, it was like, yeah. I backpedaled myself. Yeah. It was almost mm-hmm. like I was in love with somebody and then... They they were like I love you too, and then like slowly I realized they were a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, wait, oh, it's time to go celebrate. <laughs> oh, sorry, waitress. <laughs> I was just trying to open champagne. No, it's it's just uh, it's scary because yeah, I I agree. At the time, I was like Nordberg, no. Uh-huh. The more that it happened, because it was going on forever. <laughs> yeah. And can you imagine being on that jury? No, don't want to. It would suck. It would suck. Now, we're not going to get to our verdict today mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have a two-parter. There's a lot more to cover. We we have hit our end on the courtroom case. We know about the murders, but it is also time for us to get quizzical. Let's get All right, lady and jerk-offs. We're going to do a 90s movie quiz because O.J. Simpson was an actor and this happened in the 90s. Yay! Sweet. The Shawshank Redemption was based on a book by which author? Ryan. Stephen King. That is correct. One point, Ryan. Which mister slashed the police officer's face in Reservoir Dogs? A, Mr. Blonde, B, Mr. Pink, C, Mr. Orange, or D, Mr. Blue? Josh. Josh. Mr. Pink. That is incorrect. You stink. Ryan. Ryan. A. That is correct, Ryan. Do. Yeah, yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's go to question number three. In the promotional videos of this movie, we could see Johnny Depp reading poems by William Blake. What film are we talking about? Josh. Josh. (laughs) That is incorrect. Let's see. If it's 90s, I'm going to go with uh, Edward Scissorhands. No. That is incorrect. A, Dead Man. B, The Unforgiven. C, Arizona Dream. Or D, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Ryan. Ryan. Dead Man. That is correct. Three, Ryan. Jeez. In three. Okay. Who played the role of Wild Bill in The Green Mile? Ryan. Ryan. Oh, shit. Do we have... Mm. Mm-hmm. 
That's what happens when you buzz in before you hear the multiple choice. Three, two, no, I lost one. Good, good. A, David Morse, B, Sam Rockwell, C, David Gosling, or D, Michael Jeter. April. April. C. That is incorrect. Josh. Josh. I'm going to go Jeter. Sam Rockwell. Uh, Yeah, I knew that. Um, Question number five. What was the second sin shown in the movie? Seven. Josh. Ryan. Josh. Gluttony. Josh with the incorrect answer. (laughs) Ryan. Green. It was greed. (laughs) And that was a sneeze. I can honestly say I've seen none of those movies. What was the death for that one? The first one was gluttony. The second one was greed. That's okay. Let's see. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. The film ends with a quote. The world is a fine place and worth fighting for. That's all the information I have. So no, I don't know what the greed one was. Never saw the movie. Seven? Se- yeah. Oh my gosh. So I saw, I saw the prequel six. What's in the, <laughs> What's in the box? All right, guys. Let's close this out with some plugs. Josh, where are you when you're not here? Off Tempo Podcast. That's on Facebook and Podbean. It's our look at stories from the studio to the stage and music. And of course, you can find us on the Potty Slam podcast, where you're a wrestling historical podcast with stories from the locker room and beyond. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Potomatic. You like baseball history? EFISpodcast.net. Well, this is your man, Ryan, and I'm the host of the show, so I'm going to round this out with a long plug. Motherfucker. <clears throat> so, first and foremost, we're on Facebook. We are. I'm Nam. Monthly, we do a vote. For an episode, which is our new thing that we're starting to do now. Yep, we decided today. <laughs> 15 towards minutes ago. Towards so, the start of so the month, we, we will You didn't do have it. any five-star reviews today, huh? I do! You oh, do! I do! He does! Five, 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 five-star five review. We have to give major props out to CJ8376, who gave us a re- five-star review. Not a bot. Not a bot. <laughs> Damn it, CJ. You're supposed to be following the train. He says with the title of, because I have the sense of humor of an adolescent boy. Dot, 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 dot. Wait a minute. Dot, dot, dot. I find this podcast amusing. Be prepared for some kind of gross humor. <laughs> it's, it's all Lawrence. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm throwing you under the bus. It's cool. But these guys cover some interesting topics, and I always, <laughs> always <laughs> laugh. <laughs> Thanks, CJ. Keep it real, bro. And that's your five-star review. Anyway, so if you want to check us out at Conspiracy T Show on Twitter, it's where we drop every episode. By the way, if you want to check out where we drop our T-shirts, which you can get now... At shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy show. Yes. We'll post the link. We'll post the link. It's going to be on our Instagram, which you should also check out. By the way, like I said, if you like us on Facebook, that's where the vote happens, where we vote on an episode once a month. 
And that was where this OJ episode comes from. And there's going to be two parts to this. So I hope you guys buckle up for episode two because we got some fucking zingers happening on that episode, ladies and gentlemen. But I mean, if you're only buckle up, eh, 35 miles an hour, though, is is not too fast. So it's enough to go through the windshield. It's true. Do what you have to do to get to this next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Also, want to say five star review gets a shout out. So, eventually. uh, <laughs> the faster the faster they come, the quicker they get said. So drop them when they're hot. Sounds like Do a porn now. slogan. <laughs> That's right. I'm into porn. There's one for the soundboard. I'm single yep. single dad times. That's what that's what I do. So anyway, anybody have anything they want to throw out there before we end this episode? This is Stephen Hawking, and you are listening to the Conspiracy Therapy with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Illumini Pearl. R.I.P. <laughs> he had a stroke at the end there. <laughs> R.I.P. buddy. Have fun with Carl Sagan. We love you. We'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Driving home this evening, I could have sworn we had it all worked out. Yeah, at this point, believe me, way beyond the shadow of a doubt. I heard it on the street, I heard you might have found somebody new. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. (laughs) 